This episode of the Sketchy Nonsense Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. You can head over to patreon.com slash sketchy nonsense. Leave us a little bit of a tip. When we get to shout you out at the beginning of the show, shout out to Mark H, Mark S, and our good friend Bradley Jones. Been on the show many a time. You guys know him. You guys love him. He recently started a new show called Top Rope Chef. They go through the, I think it's the WWE cookbook. They make them, they talk about them, and they tell you what it's like. So head over to, I think they have a website, topropechef.com, or you could Google Top Rope Chef. I'm sure you'll find it. Everyone's Is on there it. like a store I can go to to get murdered? Yeah. Murder store. Murder store. Murderers are us. Murder. Welcome to Murder She Stored. <laughs> murder Murder Ball. Murder no. Ball? Remember that movie? Yes, of course. Good movie. Of course I would remember that. I recommend it. It's a touching story. <laughs> of a man and his ball. <laughs> and his wheelchair. Yep. And his broken vertebrae. <laughs> That's not the funny part. <laughs> it's not. The man can't walk. No, vertebrae. You know? Vertebrae. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to another edition of the Sketchy Nonsense Podcast. We're coming at you live to tape over the internet in person. My name is Andy Althaus. I am your host. I am here with shit. Wait, what? Hold on, what? What do you mean they're not here? Both of them? So you're telling me both of them are not here? No, no, okay, what, you're saying that I knew this and I'm making this all up for a bit? Well, you'd be right. So, Shane and Nick are not here tonight. Shane is off on some weeaboo convention in Detroit. And Nick is shooting a movie, Mr. Superstar. So, tonight it's going to be just me, but I do have a special guest planned for after beer of the week so we're gonna just dive right into that it's beer of the week 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 all right so it was short notice the guys told me that they couldn't make it to the show but you know, we took last week off, and I just couldn't leave you guys hanging for another week. I couldn't do it. It's not in my blood. I'm not going to do it, okay? I'm not going to do it. Stop pressuring me. I'm not going to do it. So I had some beer in my fridge. It's fall season. The leaves are changing color. It's getting colder. It's time for something a little bit more hearty. So I've been drinking the Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. Uh, it's, you know, it comes around every year. It's got pumpkins on it. It's pretty tasty. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy it. I've had a few already. We got Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. It's a deep amber color ale with brilliant clarity, rich white head. 
with a very complex aroma consisting of malty spice notes. And you know what? I can contest to that. It does kind of, you get that maltiness, but you do get the spices, you get the nutmeg, you get the cinnamon and the smell. Uh, it says the taste starts out with an assertive malty notes is quickly balanced with the right amount of harvest spices, including cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and allspice. There's a small amount of bitterness to keep the malt sweetness from building up. It's got a medium body ale with just enough carbonation to balance the rich caramel character. And it finishes with a smooth, clean malt and spice taste. Hints of cinnamon, nutmeg, and malt gradually fade. So we're going to take a sip of this. I've already had it, so it's just going to be me drinking the beer. And I got to say... This one is, it's almost an, another acquired taste because at first I didn't really care for it. I thought it was a little bit too aggressive. I thought it was almost like too much malt and not enough, you know, harvest pumpkin spice. So I don't know. It's, but I, it's grown on me. I've been drinking it all, you know, all fall season long, and it's, you know, it's good. It's a nice, simple beer. It's not too complicated. Uh, I really enjoy it. So that's the Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. It's limited release, so go get it now before they run out. Well, I did say that I had a special guest tonight, and I do. Um, I basically, so short notice, looked, I, I didn't know that Nick and Shane were going to make it tonight. I put out an APB. I said on Facebook, anybody want to come help co-host my podcast? And I got a reply. And this is somebody who I haven't spoke to in almost 10 years because, you know, you leave high school, you go your separate ways. But this is an old buddy from high school. And uh, please, everybody, welcome Mr. David Keppen. David, how are you tonight? Hey, man, not doing too bad, Andy. How about yourself? I'm doing I'm doing great, you know. Uh had a pretty easy day at work today. Come home and relax and record a podcast. You know, whatever whatever a good American does on a Thursday night. Right. I was uh, I was pretty excited doing this. I kind of did a bit of the same. You know, went to work, worked about a eight hour shift today, and I was looking forward to the podcast the whole time. Yeah, it's and you know what? I'm glad to have you here. I was afraid I was gonna be I was gonna have to do this myself. Nick's done one himself before, and you know what? He's just He's more of a charismatic guy than I am, so I I didn't think I'd be able to pull it off myself. But I'm really glad to have you here. So it's been it's been almost ten years, dude. What have you been up to? Um, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so after we last saw each other, I actually went up to Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and attended Central Michigan University for about four and a half years. It took me an extra semester, but I fucking got that uh that degree. Yeah. Uh, I got a, uh, a bachelor's in broadcasting and cinematic arts with minors in entrepreneurship and journalism. So I had quite the heavy load there. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, that's a lot. But um, actually, uh, conveniently enough, um, the summer before I was going back for my final semester at Central, mm -hmm. I actually saw that um, Layton Stone, I don't know if you remember that band from way back in the day. I do, yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, they were, uh, um, um, like kind of like kill switch engagey under oath, like metal hardcore band. And yep. They, uh, they spawned from symptom of reality, but we won't go that far back. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
but so I saw on Facebook one night I was up north doing, I think I was helping my dad replace black pipe or something at my grandparents' cabin. Okay. And I saw that they were looking for a vocalist. And uh, I came home. I hit Trent up. He was the guitar player at the time. And yep. uh, I hit Trent up. He was a good friend of mine. Uh, he still is. I love that man to death. But um, I was like, hey, dude, I'm interested in trying out. Uh, he said, cool, man. Come over in three days. Learn this song for us. Uh, never never screamed in a band before ever. I just did it myself in the shower and in front of like my friends and shit. Oh, that's impressive. You know, I didn't know that because you are part of a, your band, uh, My Own Will, right? Yes. Yeah. My Own Will actually is the um, the 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 sister band i guess to laden stone it, it it formed out of the ashes of laden stone when that all went kaput at the end of 2014 right and so i i first saw that you were in a band uh, a couple years ago and you know uh you, there's been a couple pretty i would say pretty big metal bands to come out of uh come out of our high school we had dane carton's band uh corrupt within who was pretty big yep. back in like 2010 2011 yeah and um and then i was like oh okay i'll check these guys out and i gotta say i was blown away by this by the sound that you guys had i was you know genuinely impressed because you know everybody in their everybody isn't a band in high school you know right and everybody thinks that they can make it you know they're still uh what Trip and Dixie is still around? Actually, no. Trip. And oh, Dixie really? Is done. Yeah. Trip and Dixie actually ended rather recently. I think they played their last show at the Machine Shop back in. <laughs> oh, it so, was. <laughs> so I always make fun of Trip and Dixie because they are they've been around for so long and they've been catering to the same audience the entire time. They haven't changed. They just kind of stick in like this rut that they've always been in, and I. I guess I won't dive too deep in it, but it was just like it never went anywhere. But I've heard your guys, your guys' EP, Ghost, sounds great. Uh, it's on Thank Spotify you. right now. Um, it, I listened to it. Uh, I listened to it a lot when I first discovered it, and you know, it trailed off to other bands and new releases and stuff like that. But you guys, you guys right. sound great. And you know, I actually never, I never knew that you you never screamed before. Um, actually I did once when we were in high school, it wasn't too big of a thing, but, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was corrupt within, I think it was corrupt within I sang with, Okay. um, it was corrupt within, but it was back in like, Oh, eight, Oh nine during that whole, right. when they first started the Oxford stock. Mm -hmm. I played one show with them and, okay. uh, it, it was pretty fun, man. I came out for a song. I think I hosted Oxford stock if I remember correctly. You know, what? I, I feel like I, I feel like that sounds right. I think I hosted it and then um, I did a guest song with them. And that was actually where I, I first got interested in it. And I mean, when I went to Central, you know, I was hanging out with anybody that played music. It was I mean, I went to I went to school with Ryan Smith. I don't know if you remember him. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was my roommate and he was a fantastic drummer back when he still beat on the skins. I don't know if he does or not anymore, but. You know what? I do remember that. I remember him being really good. And you know who else uh, was a good drummer? Uh, Mr. John Bivens. He was great. He's still around playing drums. I see. Yeah, him every he now is and still then. playing music. Um, being in the metal scene, and he's more of like the the classic jazzy. Like, yeah. yeah. The the older head scene, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't really cross circles too much. No. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that guy again. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, you may not cross circles, but you, you got to admit, talent appreciates talent, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. Um, I, I respect anybody's abilities, regardless of how I view them as a person, too. I, I make sure to separate that. Yeah. Um, you always got to give credit where credit's due. And not that I have anything bad to say about John Bivens, but my, my recent interaction with him wasn't the healthiest. And that's probably partially my fault. And um, Sure. You know, but, we all we all have our days, our moments where right. Well, we're not, I mean, we're not one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my uh, a guy we went to high school with passed away recently. I don't know if you saw that. I'm gonna keep his name out of this just for respect to the family. But um, yeah, no, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, when when he passed away, it was uh, it hit me really hard. He was a good friend of mine, and he, John Bivens, and I didn't have the healthiest of interaction then. But it wasn't yeah. like I yeah. don't hate the man. I no. hate the man. I was just emotional. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's and that's that's another thing that's kind of crazy to think about. You know, I see a lot of people. It's it's crazy to think how many people in our class in our in our school that have, you know, that have passed on. Right, because we're, we're we're not young. That old. You know, <laughs> we're we're young. We're we're only around like you know twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven years old. And, you know, I keep seeing these stories of these people who, you know, have these, you know, they, they, you know, either make the wrong choices or they're at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's just, it's just too bad. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame, but I mean, we, you know, we lost, um, Mike back when we were only 13 years old. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of, that kind of prepped us for the whole, like, life is short. You got to cherish it while you got it sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I I mean, at least for me, I mean, yeah, that it hit me really hard when he passed. Yeah. I I, I just, I've always lived my life to the fullest since, you know, I I make sure to do what I want to do and when I want to do it. And that's something that's not going to change about me. Yeah, and you know what? That's I think that's I think that's what he would wanted. I think that's what everybody would have wanted, and to just kind of keep trucking along, keep your chin up, and you know, just to enjoy every right. single day you can. So right. I want to pedal back to your band, My Own Will. You guys been up to anything recently? Uh yeah, dude. We uh, we just shot a music video actually on Sunday. No shit. Um, yeah, we we went out to Grand Rapids and we uh, shot a music video with a, a couple gentlemen out there. Um, Lee Albrecht and uh, Will Comai, I think is how you pronounce it. I I didn't really ask him how to pronounce his last name, which is shitty because my last name's so hard to pronounce. <laughs> but um, yeah, Lee is a uh, Lee's a guitar player slash engineer slash music video um videographer i I should have said just videographer yeah but uh yeah he does he's like a jack of all trades man and the dude the dude's impressive he uh he brought us in at like noon and will helped him shoot it uh we started at like 12 31 o'clock and we were on the road by five and it's a really it's almost a four and a half minute video i mean granted it's rather simple and um it's simple in concept just because we wanted it to be about the music this time. Our, our, our first music video we like, but we spent a lot of money on it. Um, a little bit of access money, I feel right. Um, but it, it turned out relatively well. We were working with, uh, some guys from like the learning channel, discovery channel, true TV, um, Ryan films productions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they shot on their Sony red and granted it, you know, it wasn't like unheard of for a music video, but we wanted to take it simpler. We wanted to 
cut back on the cost because we're doing everything ourselves. We we tracked everything ourselves in our practice space. We yeah. recorded everything. The boys, uh, Kyle and Danny, they produced it. Um, and then we sent it out. We had it mixed and mastered. Uh, and that's so far our cost for this is a music video mixing and mastering. I have a camera. We're going to do uh, promo photos here soon. So we're hoping to have the new release out by uh, – end of december maybe beginning of january okay yeah that'll be really cool uh you know a lot of you know i saw you know dane's dane's newer band here we harbor which i don't think are around anymore i think they broke up uh see i'm i'm not 110 percent sure on that um i haven't played with those guys yet but you know being in they're they're closer to the scene we're in yeah so i i know about those guys a little bit more than say Bivens. Yeah, because um, I I knew that uh, their lead singer Candace Sosa had left the band, yeah. and then from there on they were looking for a new singer, but I don't think they ever found one. And now I don't see, uh, I I mean I don't see any updates from them anymore. Which is which you know is really kind of a bummer because, uh, not uh I want to say about a year ago, uh me. And Adam Dudowitz got together and we went out to one of their shows in Sinclair Shores. And okay. it was it was great. It, it, you know, they got this kind of day to remember feel to it. It's kind of like it's it's heavy, but it's not like it's not like the like the real, you know, like chugga chugga music. Right. And I they're very good at what they do. I mean, they absolutely they they were um, I, I look at it much more of like a, a modern rock band per se because you know like yeah yeah a day a, a day to remember in memphis mayfire and like all those bands like granted they they have their roots in heavy metal but it, it became so like mains mainstream ish it was more rock music and not not to take away from that right but metal and hardcore music has always been a very underground small club sort of thing and now that a day to remember is kind of playing sh- uh, shows in amphitheaters yeah They've surpassed that, so they've kind of created a new genre, so to speak. Yeah, they kind of um, mix like the just the, the way it's marketed. Yeah, it's like the it's the melodic vocals with the heavier instruments. Right, so. right, and I mean, there's there's bands that do that exceptionally well. There's a band out now called um, the Plot and You. I don't know if you've heard of them. I want to say I have, but I don't think I, got, I can guarantee I've never heard a song by them. They got like I think it's a EP. And they got three records out, and they're about to drop their fourth. And okay. um, they started as like a Rise Records breakdown, you know, cookie cutter 2010, right. 2011 of Mice and Men type band. Yeah. And have just become this poppy, catchy powerhouse. And they've they've sacrificed a little bit of the heaviness, but it's still like such a good balance. Yeah. And so new and fresh that I just, I dig it. No. And I like a day. I like a day to remember. Don't get me wrong, but that's about the extent of like those type of bands I listen to. I listen to a lot more of the heavier underground shit or the, the genty prog stuff that's out nowadays. Right. God, this is so refreshing because the other guys, they don't listen to music hardly ever. So now it's finally, I finally get to talk about music and I've been holding it in for so long. Oh, uh, dude, I I am down to always talk about music. It is my life. I live it. I breathe it. I sleep it. So I go to bed at night thinking about the band, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And that's awesome. That dedication to the band. I remember, I remember back when, like, this is like, think like 2011 
or so mm-hmm. back when you know corrupt within was huge i was hanging out with those guys again and i would tour like they would go to play shows like i think once we went we drove all the way down to indiana to play one show at a vfw the day before halloween oh man i've uh i've made that drive i've done that same exact thing man really yeah it was so it was it's it was fucking great it was one of the best like two nights of my life and it was you know it's just like because they're they were all really awesome people like great people to hang out with we'd all party together we'd all have a good time and right you know that was that was the fucking best i was i was I was on board with that. I was ready to, I'm like, I'll be a roadie. I don't give a shit. I get to hang out with my buddies all the time. Right. And, uh, see, we've done, we've done the touring thing. We have a, a tour planned for January, actually. Um, it's kind of on the hush hush right now. Not everything's sure. in stone. But, give, um, give people a little bit of a taste of it. Something's in the, something's brewing. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> yeah, dude, we've toured, we toured our asses off, especially on the East coast and the Midwest. Right. Um, Layden Stone made it to Texas when I was in it. I was in Layden Stone for probably the last two years of its life. Okay. It was actually, it was probably about a year and a half. It was like the summer of 2013 into like September of 2014 when Trent finally left. Yeah. Um, not, not saying that it was um, something we for we saw coming because it, it kind of blindsided us, sure. but he had just been so unhappy doing it for so long. Not to, not to put his business out there, but like you can, he's my boy. Yeah. And I could just tell that he wasn't enjoying himself. Yeah. Like he kind of um, fell out of it a little bit. Right. And so it was, so me, Kyle and Danny were just, we started a new project and that's what we've been working on since. And we, you know, we, when I first joined Layton stone, the plan was to take it from more of like a throwdown, like unearthy sound into more like parkway drive was yeah. what we were going for. Okay. Um, melody, but heavy. And then when Trent left, I got Kyle and Danny into like impending doom and the Acacia strain and like all these just super sick, heavy bands. And we just kind of sat down playing the Layton stone stuff one day. We were like, you know, what are we doing? You know, this isn't the stuff we listen to now. So yeah. we just started writing the, the you know, the first Mile Will EP was definitely more of a, a, a bridge between the end of the Layton Stone stuff and the My Own Will stuff. Right. It's got the melody. It's got the heaviness. But this new My Own Will record, we're calling it Heretic right now. I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to end up being. Okay. Um but it's it's heavy it's just in your face raw a straight you know sucker punch to the gut the good like shit we're, we're trying to we're trying to show people that michigan is you know detroit rock fucking city yeah. we're here to throw the fuck down and make a name for ourselves i got yeah i'm i'm excited for it when's that do you have an idea when when that you think that's gonna drop or are you guys like not I, even know like I said, end of December, beginning of January, it's been, you know, originally we said October and then right. when you get in, because when you record your own shit, it's, you know, I went to school for audio engineering, but I was never really good at that. I was always better at the video stuff. Sure. Um, so the twins have really taken the rain with 
the recording aspect of it. And they recorded all of Danny's drums. They even created samples from Danny's drums to program drums on the record. Oh, wow. Okay. So they, they went like full hardcore with it. Wow. Um, and a, a one, one little music secret I can let everybody in on. Most of the drums you hear are not actually played. They're like <laughs> like uh, like drum machine almost? It's Well, what they do is like... Or they just record a bit and then loop it. Well, like, so you're... Let's take... Um, I'm not, I don't know if this is true. Or, or Here's a perfect one. Have you ever listened to Periphery? Uh, I think so. They I think that, I've seen they, them come up in like a like you know a Pandora Spotify radio or something. They like that. they blew up with that song Icarus Lives. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um. So Periphery's um drummer has this like sample pack that he sells for like it's like a, a plug-in for like Pro Tools or some shit. Oh, gotcha. And so what it is is it comes with all of his drum, like every single piece of his drum kit sampled in different ways so what they do is they just sit there and they just hit the shit like differently each time yeah. so they'll just like bang on a cymbal like eight different times and there's your eight crash samples that you can choose from in this pack so most of the drums you hear are taken from samples like that and just programmed directly into the digital audio workstation there interesting so it's like it's like you're creating the perfect like the perfect drum riff Right, right. The The problem is, is you lose the soul. I mean, it sounds good, and that's what catches your ears. It's right. like, okay, this this sounds really good, and it, it sounds awesome. But what you, you begin to lose focus on is the fact that it lacks the soul of somebody playing it. Exactly. Um, like those, those, those little imperfections that you can tell, you know, that someone's actually doing this instead of right. like, um, a computer program. This- there's this band out now called Oceans 8 Alaska. I'll be honest, I was not into them at all two months ago. Okay. I fucking hate I hated it. It sounded like garbage. <laughs> it was like it's like math math rock proggy metalcore is what it is. So it's all like right. weird time signatures, weird transitions, and I just couldn't get into it. But I listened to their newest album, Hikari, and I saw that um there's a little blurb there that says that um it was captured live raw like the drummer actually played on it okay he was he was pushing that and it's a very technically impressive record from a drum aspect gotcha. and i just fell in love with that band after it because it's like dude this guy can actually fucking play this shit right you know, okay most, most of the times i hear it and it's like eh, like this is i can tell this wasn't really played but you listen to that fucking record and i mean i for, i did neglect to mention that it does have a a Japanese theme to the record and I'm a big fucking Japanese like culture head like I'm huge <laughs> into anything Japan so any sort of fucking um what's that fucking instrument shamisen, shamisen. anything played anything played on a shamisen sounds fucking badass it's like that that small guitar that they play that they can like it's, pick with that fucking hand pick is it the it's what it's the one that's like a table right well, I, actually, that might be. I'm trying. I think I might have the instruments confused. But the, anyways, ja- the Japanese have so many awesome. And Eastern countries in general just have so many awesome stringed instruments. Oh yeah, well it's that, that it's that, that sound with like it's it's that like slide uh, that finger right. slide kind of sound that that, yeah, that it's up almost, and down. Yeah, it's almost bluesy in nature, but because it's from a different 
culture in a different country. You know, they yeah. don't really think about music exactly like we do. God, and you know what? I've been I've been out of I haven't listened to this heavy stuff in the longest time. So I'm glad I'm glad that we're talking about this because now I can go. Now I have a list. I'm writing stuff down as we're doing this. I have a list of stuff that I can go I can go listen to tomorrow. I've been nice. beef, I've been you know I I've been beefing up on uh, another band. So I've a lot of times I'd be listening to uh, some softer stuff. Not not exactly like pop, but kind of like softer rock. There's this band that I'm actually going to see on Sunday and this will be my second time seeing him this year called Have Mercy. I've heard of them. I've never listened to their stuff, but the name definitely sounds familiar. So neither at I. My buddy texted me and he goes, "Hey, I got these tickets to the show at St. Andrews Hall in Detroit. Do you want to go?" And I was just like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Never heard of these bands before. Uh the headliner was um fuck, what is it called? Something Friends. Oh, uh, real friends. Real friends. That's what it was. Yeah, and, I, and 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 have mercy was one of these bands that was uh, on stage before real friends. He goes and he tells me he's like, I'm not here really for real friends. I like them, but I'm not here for them. I'm here for have mercy. And we listen to have mercy. Have mercy was fucking great. And I'd uh, have to check them out. It's you know what? It's this guy, this the, the lead singer. He's got this very interesting voice, and it's very unique. It's very. Uh, I don't want to call it emo rock because it really isn't that, but it's very reminiscent of that. You okay. know, the, the kind of stuff that we listened to eight, nine, ten years ago. But Oh right. You know, I I don't I I still love listening to that shit. There's days where fucking um Thanks for the memories just pops up in my head. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even a huge Fallout Boy fan, but it's like, you know yeah, what? I, I will uh, never skip a song from From Under the Cork Tree. Okay. I, I still think I still think that was like one of the so- most solid albums ever made. Is it, anything from anything from high school? I will still listen to because it's great. And honestly, my wife yeah. my wife won't won't stop listening to Panic at the Disco. She anytime anytime she turns on music, either Panic at the Disco or it's Kanye West, and this drives me nuts. Uh, okay. Well, regardless of how I feel about um, Panic at the Disco's music, that Brendan Urie can sing his fucking ass off. Hell yeah. Oh my god. He is a fantastic musician, vocalist, however you want to pigeonhole him. He, he is the fucking man. So <laughs> like, like you know how like someone like a band will release a, a song and it will have like they'll they'll hit this one high note in the middle of the song and you'll think, Oh, there's no way in hell he can do that live. Brendan Urie, right. he has that song where he does one of those and I've listened to it live, and he fucking hits that every single time, and I'm I'm flabbergasted at how he does that. Dude, he, he's on Broadway. He's he's on he's on a different level. I'm telling you, he's got just yeah, he's, he just oozes pure talent. Oh no, I I don't think you understand. He's literally on Broadway. Oh, he's right literally now. on Broadway. Yes, he's literally on Broadway. Doing okay. Some fucking play. I I don't know what it is, but he's yeah he's he's on a whole other level. He's transcended. <laughs> he's transcended emo rock and gone into the mainstream. Like, well, he, that he, dude's, that he, dude's he, a big fucking deal. They, they, <laughs> they evolved. They evolved with right. the times. The times changed. So they changed, you know, right, you get these, yeah. you get these bands who, you know, there are certain bands who can stick with what they do. Bands like Metallica bands, like Avenged Sevenfold who have kind of done what they've done, like done what they do for the longest time. And then you have bands like panic at the disco who have evolved as, 
as the times have evolved, you know, like that the emo the emo rock stuff isn't really popular anymore, but so they've kind of tr- changed with it. But they didn't do such a drastic change where everybody hated them for it, which was pretty impressive. Right, right. See the I've uh, in uh, like a hardcore heavier music perspective, the Acacia Strain is the perfect example of that. Absolutely. Nice. You can listen they, to their old stuff. You can listen to their new stuff. It sounds. I want to say it sounds exactly the same, but they still have the same style. They they have they have like the same just like we're pissed off. You're gonna hear us style, but it went from st- like say uh, um like the barrier dead style hardcore shit that was huge in like oh six oh seven and evolved into this now like nowadays they're playing that down tempo beat down slow deathcore. Yeah. which is just the heaviest shit you've ever heard in your life. At least in my perspective, you know, there's death metal purists that'll say that anything without fucking, oh, sure. you know, 30, 30 second note blast beats is not heavy. Yeah. Well, uh, there's always going to be gatekeepers for that kind of stuff anyway. Right. You're not it's, a real yeah, metal I'm, head I'm, unless you listen to so-and-so. Right. No, see, and I'm, I've always been a core kid. Yeah. Like I've, I've always been, I like the, the simpler riff if it's heavy as balls. Yeah, you know, if I if I'm at a show and the subs just hit me in the bottom of my stomach with just one open top string, I'm down with it. Yeah. I saw the Acacia <laughs> Strain at Warp Tour this year, and they, the, the Warp Tour kids didn't know what was coming. No, because it's been it, it's been evolving <laughs> into like this this poppy kind of sound. And I, you know what, I was real pissed off. I went to I went to Warp Tour last year. I didn't get a chance to go this year. But I did see the lineup, and I was I was happy to see that some of the heavier stuff was coming back because last year, last year was like old school Warp Tour. You had some Forty One was back, Good Charlotte was back. You had uh, bands like like Pepper, who are that poppy bands. You know, you had oh, yeah. you had uh, Re- the Real Big Fish was there. So it was like it's like it was like nineteen ninety nine. You know, everybody but Blink One Eighty Two was there, and then I right. saw I saw the lineup this year, and I'm like, oh shit, the Acacia Strain's back. But I'll tell you what, last year, the lineup was not anything to shake a stick at either, so long as you hung out at the, the Monster Energy stage. Right. Because Wage War was on there. They're a, a big, um, they're a relatively bigger up-and-coming band uh, that, I mean, I wasn't as impressed with their new record as a lot of people I know were, um, but they still write good music, don't get me wrong. Right. They were, they were touring on their first record, which to me was just mind-blowing. Um, it kind of had that like fit for a king, a day to remember style sound. So they were like heavy but melodic. It was it was the perfect balance of it. What were they called um, again? Wage War. They got uh they got two albums out. The first one was Blueprints. The second one is Deadweight. Uh, they're on Fearless Records. They're they're fucking sweet. Okay, yeah, it was great. I I loved it because I hadn't gone to a Warp tour since you know, 2011. So, and my, you know, my, my wife surprised me with tickets for, for uh warp tour. And I was like, hell yes, we were going to this. And I, I <laughs> it was, it was interesting because I'm the kind of person that likes to go into the pits and she's the kind of person who likes to stay as far away from the pits. So right. we kind of had a clash of what we wanted to do, but it was, it was a good time. Oh, um, no, what's the name of the band? Uh, Newfound Glory. It was Newfound Glory was there, and Newfound Glory was probably my favorite band that was there. I will. Uh, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. This is the uh, the first real public 
like information on this i've i've let go so i'll i'll leave my fan or the my own will fan base to have to dig for this one because this is a (laughs) juicy one we actually uh we covered newfound glory for like promotion for the new ep we're not going to put it on the new ep but we're going to release it like a week or two after the ep comes out no Uh, shit yeah, dude, we we covered Newfound Glory. We covered my friends over you, actually. Wow. And, uh, oh yeah. man, that and that was probably the best song that they played. Oh yeah, that's gonna be uh, great. I'll have to, you know what? I'm gonna have to keep my ear to the ground for that because that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna. I love I love heavy metal renditions of not heavy metal songs. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna be straight up with you. Like I I just kind of started clean singing like i'm i'm i sing in the shower and stuff like that but that's sure. about it I've, I've been tone deaf for the first 23 years of my life <laughs> um i it's entirely screamed so it's a entirely metal hardcore take on newfound glory perfect and i did my best to like pitch scream so there is the little bit of melody there and i was actually very proud of how i came out well, but, I, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll I'll listen to that as soon as I see. Yeah, it drop. that 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 is freaking sweet. We uh, we we finished that ourselves. We mixed and mastered that one ourselves. So it's not, it's not the greatest. Like, I, there's there's things about it I change. You know, I'd send it out and get it mixed and mastered. Sure. If we if it was in the budget, but for what it is, you know, we're just putting it on YouTube. We'll. I don't even think we're gonna sell it because you gotta pay so much of the the sales to the the original artist, and for us, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, so you know, like a the the like the our last night. Have you heard of them? They cover all sorts of shit. I think so. Yeah, dude, they make so much fucking money off YouTube and iTunes sales. And oh fucking yeah, I'll- just where all those covers make it. Yeah. That they can afford to keep doing that. A band like us, where there's no way we'd be able to pay all those fucking royalties. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's cool yeah. that you're doing that. I'll I'll definitely be interested in in uh, listening to that when that comes out. Yeah. So let Sorry. me let me ask you this: What is? Everybody has their their music guilty pleasures. What's what's your music guilty pleasure? Um, I mean, it, it's hard because I don't necessarily agree with that statement um i'm i'm one of those people that believes that you should like what you fucking like and oh sure no to say, absolutely to say yeah some, to say something is a guilty pleasure is to put a negative connotation on it well I, I guess i guess you you know I, I, guess, I, get, I get i guess you're right that's that's the way it used to be what it is it's like right. it's like something that's kind of like off the wall that people would be like damn right. dude he listens to that like for instance mine's taylor swift i fucking love okay. taylor swift anytime she drops a new song i'm i'm all over that like flies on shit okay okay i mean i i, I can't say i'm like you but i mean <laughs> teach their own, man. that's uh man, that's whatever floats and your that- boat <laughs> Uh, that's see that's that's the guilty pleasure you know <laughs> right right i i get that okay so i guess for me hmm it's hard man i feel like i feel like you knew it 30 seconds ago and you just don't want to say it no no actually that's because i i like everything i listen to i'm not re- i i gotta think of something there's like I mean, there's bands that like I like one or two songs from that I'm like, man, this band sucks, but this song's catchy. But I wouldn't really call that a, a guilty pleasure. That's just a good fucking song. I guess my <laughs> guiltiest pleasure is the bad lip reading songs. 
I think that every song the bad lip reading guys write is a fucking hit. Really? Yeah, dude, like that that Carl Papa they wrote for The Walking Dead. I never I never knew that they did songs. I know they do like bits. I know they do a lot of stuff with the NFL and like political oh debates my, and like stuff no, that's dude, hot topics. They, they write music and it is fucking hysterical. They do a 4 a 4 minute and 50 second opus that is a bad lip reading retelling of Ben Kenobi telling Luke Skywalker what happened to his father. And it's called Bushes of Love, and it is the catchiest pop song you will listen to this year. <laughs> I'll, check, I'll check it out. I had no idea. Oh, my God. And especially looking at it in the context that it's it's Obi-Wan Kenobi telling this to Luke Skywalker just makes it that much fucking better, dude. It is so good. <laughs> That's funny. You know what? But, Speaking of – no, actually, you know what? Go ahead. I'll let you finish. But, no, it's just like – it. The reason why I guess that would be the biggest thing for me is because it's like such a gimmicky thing. And I'm like, I'm right. so not down with gimmicks. But th- that song, just once I heard it, I sang it for like six days. It just gets lodged in your brain and you can't oh help it. Oh, my God. And I, I couldn't get rid of it. Every day I worry all day. I can sing it right now and not even. <laughs> That's great. Well, speaking, speaking of Ben Kenobi, though this let's let's kind of pivot here into movies the new star wars movie is coming out in december oh okay here you go real quick here's a guilty pleasure that that fucking uh that song replay by that zendaya it came out in like 2015 it's like she's some nickelodeon star and she put out this song uh replay replay gonna put this song on replay I could listen to it all day. I mean, I can't sing like she can. Oh. Like, just like that that like cheesy top 40 pop is usually what catches me. Not not T Swift. It's like those those like those <laughs> anybody one but off, those one off like the M2M uh, Don't Say You Love Me from the 90s. Don't say you love me. You don't even Okay. Like, that's <laughs> That's my guilty pleasure shit, I guess, is the way to put it. <laughs> That's funny. I'll check that out, that replay song. It sounds familiar, but I don't I don't think I've ever listened to it. I don't think I've ever got a chance to listen to it 100%. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, Star Wars. Sorry, I, I had to No, no, that's out. good. That's good. I like <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, dude, Star Wars is coming up. The Last Jedi is the name of the next movie. Are you going to be in line to go see that? Um. Not in line, but you'll probably see me there like Sunday afterwards. Okay. Yeah, it's – you know what? I I wasn't too excited going into the first movie just because I'm like – I'm one of those I'm one of those fans that's just like, you know what? Anybody who tries to pick this up again is going to fucking ruin it. Right. But right. they, they did a great – they did a great job with this sequel – and I, I've seen the trailers for the next one. I've seen they've thrown in a lot of misdirects to kind of keep everybody away and you keep everybody guessing of what's going to happen. But God damn it, am I excited for this fucking movie? Dude, I, I'll be straight up with you. I, uh, I felt the same way. I didn't even see The Force Awakens until like a year after it came out. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I, I just didn't want to touch it. I was so mad. I was like, Disney, why are you killing all that I love? <laughs> One of my co-hosts, uh, he took me. He took me to go see it, and he said, trust me, it's fine. And he's the only person I trust. <laughs> if, if if he tells okay. me something's good, I know that it's good. So he's like, you know what, come, let's go see it. So I was like, all right, all right, we'll go see it. And see, after I saw The Force Awakens, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw Rogue One um, relatively close to its release date. I want to say I saw it like a month or a couple of weeks after it came out or something like that. And I really liked Rogue One. I thought they did a fantastic job that one. And you know what? Um, Rogue One was one of those movies where I was afraid because, you know, they they did that. They have the Han Solo movie that's coming out. Uh, and it's like, it's like Rogue One scared me because it's like, they're, they're just profiteering. They're trying to just make money off of the franchise. And I figured, I thought they were just going to do whatever they can to get that dollar. But Rogue well, One well, was see, great. And I, I, I think they did because I'll be honest, the thing that sold me was the CGI Grand Moff Tarkin or whatever the fuck the Admiral is though. Yeah, the no, CGI you got that right. Admiral. Yeah, okay, Grand- that's what I thought his name was. It's Tarkin. I know his last name's Tar. Yeah, Tarkin. Grand Grand Moff Tarkin. You got that right. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, um, that that, and you know what? That sparked a lot of controversy. Dude, I was down with it because a lot of people were upset that pe- they were using, uh, they were using, fuck Carrie Fisher's likeness, and it, you know they were they were like, what are we gonna do now that you know that she's dead? They can just put her on screen like it's nothing, like a puppet. And, and so uh, th- that caused a whole shitstorm. I, I'll give you that. Um, I, to be honest, with the Last Jedi, my hope is that they use the footage they had. They do a little bit of CGI, and even though I'm sure everybody's expecting it, I hope they just kill her off. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, from I feel, that's, I feel that's the most tasteful way to do it. I mean, like I said, I'm a video guy myself. And right. I would want to do that as a tribute to Carrie Fisher. Granted, she had, you know, drug problems, and I don't want to glorify drug problems by any means. Right. Means. Well, that I mean, it was the it was the seventies. It was the the right. early eighties. Uh, I right. I will say I from what I read, what they're going to do is they're going. She is going to be sent off. Uh, from they didn't come out and say that she's going to be killed off. They said that she's going to be sent off and. A lot of interpretation of that is that she's going to be sent somewhere else, like on the other side of the galaxy, and it's going to be like this big thing. But I do know that I, I do believe they're going to make a a very good, respectful deal out of it, though. Yeah. See, I'm. Uh, I guess I wouldn't hate that. It's it's tough, you know, because you know you got the but... people you got the people who want you know they want a good send off for her, but then you got the people who don't want you know they they want something that doesn't kill her because she's already dead, you know. Right, and I I guess I I get that standpoint, but I mean a, a a big problem with society nowadays is nobody wants to um, acknowledge facts as what they are facts. Yeah. Um. Every, everybody wants to take every fact they don't agree with and say, oh well, that's not true. And right. That's that's your opinion, and that, I'm sorry, that's that's just not the case. Carrie Fisher is past. I feel that they should, you know, I I in my opinion, it makes sense to you know, put her to rest in a, a, either a, a plot device or a, a tasteful way, you know? Yeah. Maybe. And I get that. I think that's the right thing to do. I think a good send off, you know, I think a great send off is 
you know, something that we can look and you, you feel that she was appreciated, you know? Right. Like you really want, you really want to give Kylo Ren a fucking, a, a character arc, make him kill his mom, make him kill the one person that carried him for nine months and gave him unconditional love, no matter what he did. And that's, you know what? That's the kind of rumor that's been floating around because the last trailer that, you know, it shows him, Right, right. Looks Not like they're or... they're going off to like going at each other, and he's got that emotional look in his face that he did when you right. know. When I I'm not gonna say it because you know Star Wars spoilers. Even though it's been two years, is like the sensitive oh, yeah, thing yeah, in the yeah. world. But right. wow. yeah, it's gonna be great. I I think I'm I have high hopes for it. I think this is gonna be good. This is gonna be like Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back was hands down the best of the original trilogy. And I feel like this is going to be our generation's empire. See, I'm I'm actually a Return fan. I like Return more than I like Empire. I know I'm in the minority <laughs> with that one. The, but uh, we'll I, see. I like I like Jabba's Palace. I thought Jabba's Palace was awesome. I did not mind the Wookies or the Wookies, the Ewoks. The Ewoks didn't bother me as much, but maybe that's because I had the Ewoks uh, animated cartoon. Yeah, that I watched as well. So maybe that just I don't know, but I liked the I liked the the sense that Luke was coming back to best Vader and almost succumb to that little bit of dark side rage. Yeah, and that's I hope I hope that's a part of the Last Jedi. And that's well, I think well, this is this is my prediction. This is why I think Last Jedi is going to be Empire because there's one thing that we don't know that. Everybody wants to know, and that's where Ray came from. Right. Everybody wants to know that bit of information, and I, I am almost certain that that is going to be revealed in this movie, and that's going to be our generation's Luke. I am your father. You know. Right. So it's going to be big. Whatever it is, it's going to be huge. It's going to be fucking great. Well, between between you and me, um. The, the biggest thing that got me hyped for the new Star Wars movie, I'm going to be straight up with you, and it was a, it was a, a fucking Facebook meme. Um, it wasn't even fucking anything Disney released on it. It was a Facebook meme. And it was the, the, um, the coincidence that the villain has been in the background of every single Star Wars movie poster leading up to the current ones. And conveniently enough, Luke is the foreboding figure in the background in this really? poster. Really? A, yes, if you look at it, Phantom Menace, Darth Maul's eyes were in the background. Yep. Um, Attack of the Clones, I think it was Dooku or Sidious was in the background, or maybe it was Anakin. I don't know. You know but, what? That know. makes a lot of sense. But yeah, when you when you really look at them, you know, Palpatine and Vader were both in um, the background for I think it was Return, and it was Vader for Empire, if I remember correctly. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly right. But that's that's really interesting, and that makes a lot of sense. The only, like the only thing to play devil's advocate though is they they released two posters. They released a light side poster and a dark side poster, and he's in the background of both of them. Right. So, so I think I think it was I it might be misdirection, but you you make a that that's a really good point. Right, and he that I feel that is the 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 equivalent of the. Vader being Luke's father to the I mean because it, it's hard for us to really speculate on that because we weren't alive back when these movies came out so we right we can't we we were kids you know we got the nostalgia factor they were already out we could see the whole story and not have to worry about nothing 
but people that were going to see empire and what was it 82 that it came out or 81 yeah um those people were stunned to find out that vader this evil figure this encompassment of evil was luke's father and i think for star wars fans luke has become like our grandfather figure and if he is evil it's going to crush us well at least that's that's the main that's how everybody I like it. To use it i, I, I like it I would love to see Luke Skywalker as a villain. He's played a villain in a lot of the expanded universe. I was a, a big fan of the Star Wars books, the the legacy okay. series, um, the 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 ones with Jason Solo, where Jason Solo becomes a dark uh, dark lord of the Sith and okay. has to be killed off by his sis- his twin sister Jaina Solo. You know, like that 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 shit was awesome to me. And if they they bring elements of those books into the new movies, I'll be totally down with it. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. I, I think, you know, I think that'd be like the, you know, the twist from uh, Force Awakens. It's going to be right. a jaw dropper. People are going to lose their fucking minds in the theater. There will be riots. The, the biggest, the biggest issue I have with the new series and the reason why I didn't see it at first was because I read a bulk of those books, like I said. Right. And, and you're like, because, well, they said they came out and said, you know, anything that was canon before is trash. It's gone, right. And I wasn't necessarily mad at that, but it was the fact that I was seeing Kylo Ren and I was seeing like the way they were portraying him. And I knew what the fuck he was. I knew he was Han Solo's son. There's no, right. there's no way. Right. Like, it, it's gotta be. Um, so it's like, I saw this character and when I watched the movie, it confirmed it. Jason Solo in the books was such a badass, but he also can was conflicted with, how he viewed the world you know he still believed he was doing the right thing even as he succumbed to the dark side right and he was a a a relatable likable character and when i saw kylo ren i just thought he was a whiny little tantrum throwing bitch and that's and you know what i feel like that's (laughs) that's exactly what they were going for too because when you look at him he's He's somebody who is conflicted, extremely conflicted because he has all this power and he wants to be able to control everything, but he can't, you know, his tantrums are are, are an exact sign that he can't control the power that he wields. Right. And I, and I, I, I get that, I guess I, I never really looked at it like that. You put that into a new perspective for me, but I still just, there's something about tantrums. It's, it's like, it's like, come on, kid. Like get it together, man! Come right. on now, you're, right. <laughs> you're supposed to be the villain here. You're supposed to be the villain, man. Stand up. My thing is, my thing is that I'm most curious about is who is Snoke. Oh, that's easy. He's Jar Jar Binks. Everybody knows that. Yeah, that's that's what everybody says. <laughs> that's what everybody says. No, I'm dude. I hope that they bring in something from like the the pre. Um, Phantom Menace timelines is yeah. what I hope. I hope because I'm I'm a big Star Wars game fan too. You know, I was a huge fan of BioWare's um, Knights of the Old Republic and Obsidian's Knights of the Old Republic too. Yeah, I love those stories. And there's people speculating that you know it could be Darth Plagueis from um, uh, Sith when Palpatine is telling Anakin about how his master could even stop death. Right, and that would make a that would make a whole lot of sense as to why Snoke is still alive and looks as messed up as he. 
Yeah, is. that's and you know what? That's going to be a huge reveal. Is going to be who yeah. who Snoke is. I I'm right. I don't I don't know if they're going to do it this time or not. It it'd be crazy if we get to see who Ray really is and who Snoke really is in one movie. I feel like right. that'd be you know. I, honestly, I think like, that'd be almost like jumping the shark. They'd they'd but just do too much in one, and then the next one's not going to have anything huge. But we'll see. You know, that's coming up uh, Friday, December fifteenth is the the release of that movie. Nice. Uh, luckily, thanks to Movie Pass, I will be there that night. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that. Awesome. Uh, so another another big thing that I want to bring this up because I went to go see a movie the other day. I went to go see Jigsaw. The, okay. the newly released, you know, Saw franchise movie. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I got to say, it wasn't terrible. It it was it was everything that I look for in a Saw movie. Okay. See, I'm um I'm in the the one of the people that I can't stand torture porn. I don't like Saw, I don't like Hostel like Watching people in pain bothers me. Yeah, and you um, know what? It's like there's like a really fine line between that because because I'm one of those people that like I guess I, I wouldn't I'm not gonna say that I love torture. I'm not gonna say that like that's the reason why I go. I just I just love the intricacies of the traps. Okay. I think that okay. I think the traps are extremely interesting. It's just the way that they're created, the way that they're supposed to be played. And I like I like watching people do stupid things and yelling yelling at them from my seat right. in the theater. And see, I'm such an empath that I it bothers me to see people in that much pain. Granted, I can still watch you know an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he's mowing down eighty guys right. in five seconds. You know that doesn't bother me. But it's the it's the it's the prolonged suffering that bothers me, I guess. Yeah, and I gotta say, I did cringe, cringe a good help helping of times during this movie. It was, it, it has some, it had some points where I was like, ah, I can't watch right. that. But it's, it, it, it always, it always interests me how, how not only how the traps are made, but how the entire movie plays out. Because at the end of all these movies, there's always, there's always something that was like overlooked like who's really doing this who's really doing all this it's something that's overlooked at the very end and then at the end they tie it all together and it's like this like this uh like this big weight is lifted like you just like oh i just figured it out that's how this has all been going on and they explain everything and it's just it it's just such an interesting movie to me okay and see i don't I mean, I don't fault you for it like i said if you like what you like you know do it up i i have a me myself, I have a big fascination with serial killers. Um, I okay. am huge. I am huge into uh, just you know going to Wikipedia pages of serial killers and just reading all of the intricate details that all these killers have you know spilled on themselves while rotting in death row. It just it's like there was oh my god. Um, you've heard of that uh, that show on Netflix called I think it's called Mind Hunter. Yeah, it just came out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they portray a serial killer in that his name's uh, it's either Edmund or Edwin something, um, and it, he was a real life serial killer. Okay, and he was like this massive behemoth of a man that just could overpower anybody, um, and a lot of his killings had to deal with like 
frustrations from growing up with his mother who was like a abusive perfectionist and he used to just dismember women and like all sorts of shit because of how his mother treated him and then when he finally killed his mother he also killed her friend and then immediately turned himself in and is still in a california medical facility uh, really yeah. and so this show, Cal- this show is based around all that yeah, yeah, it's based around that. I haven't watched it yet. Um, my Danny and Kyle, my bandmates, they told me about it and told me to watch it. And then when I saw who was in it or who was portraying who and that these were real people, I did the, the research on them just so I can, you know, have a little bit of understanding going into it. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, so, heard, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So it's definitely it's definitely one of those things on my list. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I destroyed the plot of this show by revealing that because <laughs> I don't, but it's, uh, it was some real life shit. And then when he killed his mom, he just, he, he intimidated other killers in prison uh-huh. because he knew he could, but he really? never has killed anyone since he killed his mother and her friend. Wow. It's ridiculous. Like it's, it's just crazy to dive into their minds. And, um, uh, what's his name? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yep. He is a person. There's a example. there's a movie about him too, isn't there? I think so. I'm pretty sure there is. I think it's just called Bundy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, Ted Bundy's another one, man. He was a a good looking, intelligent, just really like social guy. Yeah, and then. He was on a fucking dating game show for Christ's sakes. Yeah, nobody... it was what was that? It was a match game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. It was either that or it was the dating game. But either the dating way, game, was... that's what it was. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, he was on that show while he was killing people. Okay. Like he he was killing people when he appeared on that show. It was crazy. Wow, dude, that's, no, no that's one fucked knew. Up. Yeah. So it was just called Ted Bundy, and it came out in two thousand two. But apparently okay. I'm reading here that Zach Efron is supposed to be playing him in an upcoming movie. Okay. Interesting. I that. That'll be I mean, I mean I, that that kind of makes sense, you know, with the cuz he was a, you know, a good-looking dude. Right. Yeah, no, I mean I'm not I'm not necessarily mad at that. I think Zach Efron's really came into his own as an actor. He uh he started off as that, you know, yeah, dumb, dumb, pretty boy type college dude actor, and I don't know. I've, I've, I wouldn't go out and just watch one of his fucking B movies, but I'm sure they're <laughs> they're decent. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not a huge. I'm not big into movies though. I I only watch movies if I like. I'm really interested in them. I prefer fucking. 90s cheesy sitcom because it just the world's in such a shitty place i like the the happiness of it yeah (laughs) i can i can get behind that so all right well it's definitely been uh you know a great time talking to you david it's been going on an hour here now it doesn't feel like it it it, it's it's nice it's nice to sit down and talk you i'm glad you i'm really glad you joined uh the show tonight so i gotta i gotta thank you for being here is anything Anything you want to reinforce? Anything you want to plug before you leave? Um, I mean, just uh, check out my band, My Own Will. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My Own Will official, I believe, is all of those. Um, you can find me on Facebook, David Keppen, K-E-O-P-P-E-N. Um, 
I work in, uh, actually, there is something I want to plug. I work in human services when I'm not on the road, actually. Okay. I would like to plug my, uh, the nonprofit organization. I work for Excel Employment Options. Um, we're based out of Oakland, uh, Livingston, and Washtenaw counties. We take um, adults with special needs and other disabilities out in the community and teach them life and job skills. Oh, perfect. Um, they have a website? Yeah, they have a website. It's uh, excelemploymentoptions.com, I believe. Okay, uh, I'll have that. Also... Uh, I'll link that in the description. So I, I think so. I'm. It might be Excel EMP. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, but um, um, we we have uh, Facebook as well. I am the uh, I run the Facebook, so check us out there. Excel Employment. Okay. Um, yeah, that's and, uh, very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll I'll link it in the description. Uh, uh you'll see that on SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I can just with saying that I can promise you that even though I've been cursing and saying all these things on the podcast, <laughs> we uh, we really do a, a lot of good for the community. I really enjoy my job. I really enjoy the individuals I work with. Absolutely, um, it, it it brings more meaning to my life than. And be- between that and the band, dude, I just feel like I live such a a, a blessed life right now. I mean, I'm going through a. a few interesting things right now a, a breakup and moving back home for the time being but I'm, I'm still in good spirits um and i i am just happy that i enjoy what i do because that's what's literally keeping me going right now perfect okay so, so you can check them out in the description below okay. i'll link uh i'll link the my own will the band and uh the website's below uh you can check us out sketchynonsense.com is our website you can check out all our episodes there we're on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash sketchy nonsense twitter and facebook.com slash sketchy nonsense we have a patreon as well if you want to leave us a tip that helps improve the show helps improve you know equipment costs and you know hosting fees patreon.com slash sketchy nonsense check that out uh like i said at the top of the show mark h mark s and mr bradley jones good friend of the show they are all one of our some of our top patreon supporters so again thank you so much david for being here i really appreciate it and thank you guys the listener for joining us on another episode of sketchy nonsense podcast and you already know stick around for some more sketchy nonsense Cold press presser. I cold press coffee. Get fucked. Get fucked. Get fucked on coffee. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The monopolizer guy? Yeah. Fucked by coffee. (laughs) Okay. He gets monopoly fucked by everybody. Bill Clinton. (laughs) Fuck you with some coffee. (laughs) Bringing back the old gang. So, yeah, get fucked. Monopolizer's having a good time. Yes, of course. <laughs> Did Bill Clinton just say get fucked? Mm, get <laughs> fucked. Come on, man. I'm Bill Clinton. Get fucked. <laughs> oh, get fucked. Oh, no. I don't like this. Come on, baby. I'm, get. <laughs> I'm George W. Get no. fucked. Oh, George Clinton. George Clinton. <laughs> too- I love that guy. He's too young for that. He's too young for George Clinton. He doesn't know what that is.
Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I told you, he doesn't know what it is. Oh, man. Yeah, it's real depressing, right? I can't. It hurts. Okay. <clears throat> Nobody asked you to do it that I long. I know, but I felt like it. <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> Feeling your t- You're going to nail it. Hey, everybody. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Starting over.